Hello everyone, my name is Ryan Stacey and welcome to the Hockey Minds Podcast. This podcast is powered by Instat, the leader in video and data analysis. Instat Hockey supports all levels of our game worldwide with video breakdowns and or scouting services. For more information, visit Instat on the web at instatsport.com or on Twitter at Instat Hockey. Today I'm drawn by Andrew Boucher, video coach and scout with the Ottawa 67s. Having worked his way through a number of hockey positions to the OHL, Andrew has seen all areas of the game, and his answers and developed insight throughout the interview show just that. Having a coaching and scouting background, he also offers a range of thoughts in those areas, which would interest listeners from start to finish. With that, I am happy to present Andrew Boucher, video coach and scout with the Ottawa 67s. Around this time each year, we see a lot of different sports happening at the same time. The NHL is moving along and the trade deadline's approaching, March Madness is just finishing up, and baseball is getting back into game action after spring training. And in golf, everyone's favorite tournament of the year is approaching, and the golfers are in Augusta, Georgia to compete for the coveted jacket. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action to give you a shot to land in the green. This week... DraftKings is giving you a free shot at the $1 million top prize when you download and sign up using promo code THPN. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time. It's easy to play. You pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off early Thursday morning. Then sit back and follow the action. The more red numbers they have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. Rack up points for pars, birdies, finishing position, and more. Even though you may not be able to hit the course with the pros, DraftKings is giving you the chance to scratch your competitive itch and reign supreme. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at the $1 million top prize. That's code THPN and you can get a free shot at the $1 million top prize only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Today on the podcast, we're joined by Andrew Boucher, video coach and scout with the Ottawa 67s of the OHL. Andrew, thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks very much for having me, Ryan. Appreciate it. Yeah, not a problem. And I think a lot of people are going to learn a lot from this conversation. Uh, you're one of those people that early on had some different sport experiences, which is always interesting to see how you kind of navigate your way into hockey and uh, a little bit of a non-traditional background. So I think, again, it's going to be a great conversation and we're really going to learn a lot. Let's just start learning about you specifically before we get into kind of your career. Um, tell people where you're from, talk about your upbringing, and then maybe playing sports in your early years. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so I grew up um, in a northern uh, town in northern Ontario. I grew up in uh, Timmins, Ontario, um, specifically South Cork, which is kind of a little suburb within Timmins, if you want to call it that. Um, so I grew up there. Um, I was there up until my late teenage years, about 17. And then I moved uh, here to Ottawa when I was 17. Um, and then I've been here ever since. Uh, but growing up, yeah, um, I, I was, uh, you know, brought up in a in a typical hockey home, um, I have a little brother as well who's uh, uh, a hockey player uh, as well. He was also, you know, drafted in the OHL, played hockey uh, with a uh, junior A, 
I have a younger sister as well who's into sports. Um, but growing up, yeah, uh, you know, I involved myself in all kinds of sports, whether it was uh, hockey, I did a bit of soccer over the summer, um, some baseball here and there, and then some, you know, some sports at school, whether it was basketball. Uh, but primarily growing up, it was, of course, hockey. That was uh, my love and passion. Um, it was something that, you know, that I wanted to do, I wanted to spend my time doing. So I spent, uh, you know, my minor hockey, majority of it was up in Timmins. So playing up in the, the minor hockey ranks there, I played a little bit double A, then I played some triple A hockey up there. Um, and then I decided to come down to Ottawa with my family. We decided to make the move. Um, and that's where I, I played a year of triple A midget with the, the junior 67s. Um, and then once I was done uh, my minor hockey, it was a matter of either going to school or going to, uh, to play junior A. Um, and I decided uh, that school to me was, uh, I guess, the more important route um, in what I wanted to do with my future. And I saw that it was a better opportunity for me. So um, I decided to enroll here in Ottawa at uh, Algonquin College. Um, I took a uh, business administration program, uh, three-year uh, diploma there uh, with a focus of uh, accounting and finance. Um, and then after I was completed that, I decided to uh, go into the sports business management program at Algonquin College. Uh, I was a graduate degree, um, and I took that uh, as a one-year uh, consecutive uh, program from 2017 to 2018. Um, and that's uh, essentially what I've uh, I've done up in my up into my upbringing and uh, kind of what uh, led me to where I am today. Yeah, it's great to hear about uh, the positive experiences early on and. Definitely hockey specifically was a big part of your childhood, but sports in general, you know, you talked about a few that you were able to play there. And generally when people ask me, what should I do in school? Or I have these conversations with friends and family. Generally what I will say is pretty much go with what you're interested in and, and look for a job that way, as opposed to going for the money. Uh, for you, eventually you made your way into obviously going through business, but then in sport management and sport business um, as a graduate program. Just talk about kind of the decision making around that time and maybe give people uh, a little bit more information on the program and how you applied it to sport moving forward. Yeah, um, so definitely, like I said, I was in the, the business administration program. Uh, so I knew business for, for once to begin with that was a, a good fallback in the sense of like if, if something didn't work out down the road, I can always go back to a business uh, diploma because, again, I think if you have that that side of uh, education, it can kind of get you a job anywhere, whether it's working in accounting or finance or, you know, working uh, in the government, um, for, for example. Um, but I knew that it was something for me that uh, would be, like again, something that I can get into my background, into my back pocket, uh, something it's kind of uh, to obtain and then help me with my future. Um, but then I knew that Algonquin did offer a sports business management program. Um, I know, of course, the, you know, the ones that are well, more well known, I guess, in the, in the sports educational community, it's Brock uh, or Laurentian. Um, but I knew Algonquin offered uh, that, that program and it was kind of very, very similar to what uh, the other programs offered. And I knew it was even a bonus because it could be um, in Ottawa so I can, you know, commute there and live at home and, and, and go to school at the same time. Um, so once I graduated my business uh, program, it was uh, it was a big focus for me to ensure that that was my next path in going into the sports management program. So, uh, of course, I applied. I got in and um, that's where everything kind of took off. So the the program for me was it was very beneficial. I got to learn, uh, again, more on the business side of things, uh, but more in the sports aspect. 
so dealing with, you know, uh, sports finances uh, with like business plans or learning with income statements of how professional teams deal with things or uh, expense reports, uh, learning about how teams and uh, sports franchises work with communications, um, again, with the, on the HR side. Uh, so a lot of different things like that. Um, that I, I really benefited from taking in that program, uh, but really that what that program what what the the most important thing to me was the internship. Uh, so they the the program offers you a, an internship with uh, again a sports organization. Um, so they they really focused on ensuring that you get the hands on experience, not just the um, the the school side of things and the the lectures and then the assignments they really wanted to make sure that you're out in the working field you're learning uh, you're getting work experience so that's where it kind of took off for me in the sense of uh, the program you know lined up uh, interviews and uh, kind of like a, a job fair at all at uh, OSAG which is Ottawa Sports Entertainment in Ottawa and our entire program went there and. We, um, we had interviews, so we got to meet with uh, different departments that, at OSEG, so the, whether it's corporate sponsorships, finance, uh, we had Olympic committees there, we had uh, other Canadian um, sports like we had Bulls Canada, we had Soccer Canada, Skate Canada, uh, all these kind of organizations, and you're there, you're interviewing, and they're, they're, they're seeing if that you're a potential fit for uh, an internship. Um, so again, that's, that's what I knew what was ahead because I had done my research and I knew that's what it was. But for me with that program, what I want to do is kind of just kind of take advantage and kind of make it my own way. Um, and that's what I, I kind of did is, um, I didn't want to work on the, the sports business side of things. I wanted to work more on the hockey operations, whether it's the coaching, the scouting, uh, the management side of things. So what I did is. Um, I already had a part-time job at uh, Ottawa Sports Entertainment Group. I was just working in the box office, you know, working on game days with Red Blacks or 67s or concerts, just dealing with tickets and stuff. And I spoke to my my, my supervisor and I said, this is what I want to do with my program coming up. So what they did is they spoke to HR and um, what they did is uh, HR put me in contact with uh, the general manager who just got hired. That's when uh, the new era uh, came in with uh, James Boyd and Andre Tournier and Jan Eggert and so on. And they, they, they gave me his contact info and I, I approached James via text and I said, uh, hi James, this is uh, so-and-so, I'd like to speak with you. Uh, so he gave me uh, a text back and he, uh, he said that, you know, come meet me at the office uh, this time and date and we'll have a chat. And uh, one thing led to another, we had a good chat. We talked about uh, my experiences, what I can do, what I can offer. And that turned into them creating an internship for me. So I became their, their hockey ops intern and that's what I use my internship as within the program is I kind of created my own internship and I got to create a hockey ops intern and do exactly what I wanted to do is work in hockey and work on the, the hockey ops side of things. So that's where everything kind of took off and it's led me to where I am now. So that program has given me a lot in terms of, you know, what I'm doing today, but uh, it also gives you a lot of good things on the educational and the, on the, um, on the business side of things for as well. Definitely. I think anytime a program like that, um, you know, if it really wants to be successful, it has to give you the opportunity to not only learn the sport finance, all these things that I also had the opportunity to learn at Brock. It's now take it into an internship role and get the hands-on experience because they are um, so interconnected. And, you know, if you don't get one or, or get one without the other, they just don't, um, you know, kind of give you the full view of what you need to know. So, uh, really interesting to hear how you were able to kind of form your own internship in a sense. And uh, as many people know, hockey operations internships aren't generally a public 
um, opportunity that you can kind of just apply for. Same thing like a hockey operations job. There is a process of um, finding a fit and then kind of making the connections to build into that. Before we go into the internship itself with the 67s, I want to talk about some of the other early roles that you were able to experience. And a lot of people will realize as we go through here, not every single one was specifically hockey operations. Um, you know, you talk about fan engagement is one of those roles that you dealt with very early on. Uh, definitely an entry point to the hockey industry for sure. I feel like everybody's had an opportunity to go into that game day experience and, and see that side of it. So just talk about your experience in that capacity and some of the takeaways from those roles. Yeah, no, like you, like you had mentioned, not everything was directly hockey ops related. There was a lot of, there was either fan engagement, um, a lot of volunteering with those kind of things there. I was working for different sport organizations, working on a completely different sport. Um, but those are all things that I felt that, you know, that could help me moving forward by adding those experiences, whether it's with whatever role that was given to me, I can use that as an advantage, use it as experience, use it as motivation. Um, and also just things I can add to the resume and pad the resume as much as I could, because I knew that if I wanted to get a, a job in hockey, my, my resume had to be padded up with different type, type of things that can contribute to working in the, in that type of industry. Um, so it, it, they, you know, they may have been jobs that I saw myself doing long-term or I may have liked, but I knew that the outcome of it would be far bigger um, with the reward that it can mean working in hockey ops one day. Uh, so whether it was fan engagement, um, with the Ottawa Senators and their fan club or their their fan fest, or whether it was with the NHL 100 Classic doing work for them, the Social Bank, uh, there was all just opportunities that I felt that I could add to the resume and anything that can help um, um, going forward. So um, it doesn't necessarily have to be all hockey related. I think you know going into the different sport avenue can help you branch out, learn new things, meet new people. Uh, learn things that you probably wouldn't would just only learn in, in the hockey world, but also in uh, on the outside world things too. So I think uh, it's uh, to me it was very key going to going through through that and getting those different kinds of uh, kinds of experiences. For sure, and and one of those that you touched on very briefly there that maybe we can go into again is the NHL 100 Classic. Um, you know, I, I've been in opportunities as well where you're kind of working with a bigger brand like that. And you're still involved maybe with Scotiabank uh, in that specific situation, but um, kind of did the same thing, me personally, with the World Cup of Hockey and involved in the fan engagement there. Uh, maybe just looking at the event as a whole and, and maybe even a spectator with that sport management background and knowledge, uh, just talk about the experience of working with a, a major organization like the NHL and um, maybe how that brief experience opened up your eyes for future opportunities. Yeah, no, for sure. Like I said, I got the, that per, that position or opportunity, I should say, through uh, my sports management program. So we had a, a mandate in the program that we had to do a lot of volunteering um, and add at least three to five uh, volunteering experiences. So the NHL 100 Classic at TD Place was one of them. And again, it was having to to potentially add the NHL onto your resume, whatever the case is that you worked under them or for them for an event was was very big. So, um, you know, it involved a lot of fan engagement. So interacting with fans, you know, simple things of just, uh, you know, guiding them to certain things, helping them with uh, specific events, um, just informing people on where things are, like with the events or if there's any autograph signings. Um, just little things like that, that, uh, again, they're, they may not mean much, but it, it helped me, you know, develop as a person, as a, as a working individual too. It helped me with the communicating with people uh, on all different things. It helped me see how detailed and professional an NHL event is. 
um, how much work they put in, how much hours are spent. And like I said, the detail, and th those are all three things. Now that I look back is what revolves around my job with uh, hockey today with the 67s. That, you know, we, we put in a lot of, a lot of hours. There's a lot of detail. Uh, the environment is professional. So those things that I took in from working under the NHL and that big organization, whether it was the smallest things, I, st I still took big things out of it that helped me moving forward. Um, so again, working under that, again, it was, it was quite the experience again, just to be at a, at a winter classic type event, you know, there was 30, 40,000 people there. Uh, it was Montreal and Ottawa. So a big rivalry, um, seeing the thousands of people show up and how busy it was, and how excited people were like just being in awe of that as well was a, was a bonus. Um, but, uh, definitely just the experience of working underneath the NHL and, with Scotia Bank was uh, was definitely something I, I definitely appreciate back then. As much as the jobs were small, it gave me a lot more moving forward. For sure, and I think anybody that has an opportunity to pursue a, a role like that, even if it is again just working with a brand activation or something along those lines, uh, definitely go into it because you never know what you're going to take away from an event and and potentially use it in a future opportunity. And then talking about the 67s, uh, just the amount of work that goes into uh, working in hockey and coaching uh, specifically, uh, that's something that you definitely learn at the grassroots level uh, first and foremost. And for you, you also had some time behind the bench doing some coaching uh, in private settings, but also with AAA, AA levels in Ottawa. Looking at the minor hockey side, what were those early experiences like for you? And just talk about what you learned um, going through the reps with, with those, some of those teams early on. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, trying to get into the coaching side of things after my playing career was done, I knew obviously I wanted to stay around the game uh, after I was done playing. So I felt coaching was the next best avenue. And uh, I got into coaching uh, uh, with minor hockey with uh, the AA ranks. So with the Ottawa Sting, um, also, and then with the AAA ranks uh, with the Ottawa Junior 67s um, or the Ottawa Selects, whatever, depending on the year. Um, and and to me, I, I greatly appreciate those opportunities. It, it gave me, again, I was only 17 or 18 when I started. Um, so it, it gave me a lot of things to learn and grow with. And there's a lot of learning curves and how to approach the game from a coaching aspect. And especially with kids that were as young as 10 years old or even eight years old up to 14 or 15 years old. So it was just, again, learning how to approach the game and on, on, on the coaching side, um, adding details when it, it comes to coaching, how to approach a player with communication, uh, practice plans, um, in-game situations. Um, so having the opportunity to do that at a young age, as such as 17 or 18, where majority of guys my age were still playing uh, junior A hockey or they're you know, playing major junior, I was you know, already starting to coach. Um, so it gave me the opportunity to to really um, kind of get a heads up or kind of a a head start on on my career in the sense of how how am I going to approach this and how how do I better myself each and every single day, and that came again you know putting a lot of hours um, being on the edge of these kids teaching them things that I learned growing up, uh, things that I learned uh, while playing. Um, and it came as simple as how I started too, is I was just taking simple stats in the stands during a, a, a major Adam double a game. The coach wanted me to take stats for them shots on goal. Um, and you may think doing that at 17 or 18 is kind of like, okay, am I wasting my time? But that's what you had to do back then. Or, and still now is you have to take those jobs that you may not like, or these little opportunities that you may want, not want, not want to do. 
and, you know, take that and use it as a motivation to, to continue to grow. So that's how I started. I was just taking stats then I moved up to the assistant coach level. Um, and then I did a lot of spring hockey and that's where I did a lot of my, my coaching was spring. So we did a lot of spring tournaments. We went all over, uh, Toronto, Montreal, we had some in-town tournaments in Ottawa. We've been to the States. Um, and that, and that's where I've been doing the last three, four years when uh, the time permits, um, when I'm not with six sevens is, is coaching spring hockey. And it, over the years, I can see the, the amount of change that I've had in, in terms of how I approach the game on a coaching aspect. And, you know, I'm much more detailed now. I'm much more prepared. My communication level is better. Uh, how I approach these kids with delivering messages, how to speak with them, uh, the detailed practice plans or, you know, the seriousness around, you know, taking each day by day on uh, game days and stuff like that. So it's uh, it's definitely helped me a lot uh, moving forward into my career for sure. And, you know, I've been blessed, you know, uh, to have that opportunity and be given that opportunity to, to coach uh, young kids at such a young age and be trusted by their parents to, to develop their kids. Uh, so, you know, having that sense of leadership has also helped me and sense of, you know, being trusted on is, is helping again with the, the coaching aspect. And, you know, it's it's kind of giving me in, in a sense a head start on, on with scouting because, you know, I started coaching when the, the 2002s uh, were only about 12 years old. So I was coaching my brother and all his kids at that age and all, all the top kids from Ottawa. And we got to, you know, to coach against some high level athletes that are now in the NHL today. Like we got to coach against Quentin Byfield when they were on the, the Marlies uh, summer team, uh, Jamie Drysdale. Um, so guys like that, that, uh, you know, looking back, you're like, wow, like I got to coach guys of that magnitude against that guy, those guys at that level and that, that magnitude of hockey. And it's helped me growing forward is how to approach playing high level teams, high skilled guys. So, um, coaching minor hockey at that, at that age and at that level, it's, uh, it's not something I guess maybe most guys would want to do to start off the, again, a lot of guys just want to jump right in and, you know, work at the OHL level or at the major junior level or junior A, but, you know, to learn and to grow the game within minor hockey and develop those kids, it, it's something I would recommend everybody to do because uh, it's definitely something special. It's definitely something that helps you grow as an individual. And it, it's very promising to see when those kids get to that age of where they're drafted to major junior or they make their major junior debut. It's, you have that sense of pride and a sense of, uh, accomplishment that you know you help those kids get to the to that level and stuff so um i could say i've i've can say a million things about what i've gained from coaching at the the minor hockey level for sure um but just seeing the, them develop and seeing them grow is the probably the biggest uh, satisfaction definitely and a lot of people refer to minor hockey as almost the 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 school for coaching you know it's it's the crash course it's where you deal with everything you deal with the players the development um it's always a constant change in whether it's a new team that you're dealing with or if you are growing with that team there's just so many different development curves and new players uh coming in each and every year and fighting for spots and that's just on top of then dealing with travel and budgets and uh parents when, when the when those situations come up as well and uh really is a crash course in that sense but looking at your career to date and, and kind of moving into soon your time at the 67s uh, for anybody who's looking to maybe make that jump to the OHL, a lot of times teams will kind of make a checklist to see the areas you've covered. So for you, you definitely had your business and that side of it, and then some of the coaching. And one of those areas that a lot of people will maybe sometimes not get the experience in just for different reasons is the agency side. And you actually did have some experience in that as well uh, with cutting edge management. Uh, 
talk about that organization and what you learned working as both a scout and an administrator there for a short period. Yeah. Um, so with, with cutting edge management, that's, uh, something that I, you know, tried on early during my, I guess you want to my hockey career, just to kind of see where I could fit in the hockey world. You know, I'm still trying to see what would be best suited for me, whether if it was a, a scout, a coach one day or working on the agency side. So, uh, you know, I was, I had to been, happened to be at the rink, uh, watching my brother play cause he was playing triple a and I got approached by an agent. Um, and he was asking, he looked, um, he looked at me and said, Hey, you know, come over here. Uh, he wanted to talk to me cause, um, you know, he saw that, uh, I had a hockey jacket on everything like that. So he, he sat me down and he was just asking me questions about what I do, who I am, what I've done, like, why am I here? What, who am I watching? Um, and it came to the point where he started asking me a lot more detailed questions about, um, about, uh, the players on the ice and who they are, what they're from, what they're about. And. You know, it turns out he was an NHLPA certified agent. Uh, he ran his own business, uh, mostly based out of Montreal. Um, and, uh, you know, it kind of grew into us having a, built a relationship, you know, exchanging text messages, phone calls. And, you know, he was focused on potentially having somebody scout for him and finding players to recruit in Ontario. Um, so we, we had, a, you know, exchanges back and forth. And eventually, you know, he offered me the the opportunity to come with him to um, to Halifax, we've and uh, Moncton, and a couple places in Quebec uh, to just scout some some AAA midget or some AAA Bantam tournaments, because uh, he wanted to get as uh, as many eyes on on players as he could, and he was more on the smaller end of things in terms of a business. So he didn't have the manpower as you know most agencies, uh, most of the bigger agencies. So he offered me to come down and um, to to uh, scout some hockey with him. So. I spent, you know, an entire weekend in, in Montreal or Quebec or Moncton or Halifax, and we watched hockey. And um, <clears throat> again, I, I got to scout uh, future prospects, whether at the AAA Bantam, the minor Bantam and the midget level. Um, so th- in terms of the the hockey side of things, it wasn't really different than what I've done in the past. But to see what the agency side brings, it's it was definitely an eye opener in the in the sense of that you know the agents are constantly on the move. Whether it's talking to parents, talking to players, talking to coaches, um, and trying to recruit and try to kind of you know get a heads up or a head start on other agents. So it's it's kind of like a a, a doggy dog world in, in the agency world from what I saw and. Like I said, they're they're constantly most of the times the agents aren't really watching the games or talking with other parents They're talking with the players that just came off from another game or talking to coaches and, you know, they're trying to, you know, recruit them. So I got to see a lot of that where again, like you're there kind of as a salesman, you're not there as a scout, you're there to pitch your business, pitch what you're about, pitch what you can offer to the the player, the parents, uh, the family. And that's essentially what it is going into the arena as an agent is you're there as a salesman, you're pitching your best offer, um, you're exchanging contact info. So seeing that was definitely uh, different in a sense of, you know, you're not really there to watch the hockey in the game. You're there to like I said, sell yourself. Um, so that, that was an interesting thing to see um, and whatnot. But as an administrator, too, it, it was good to, again, you know, do some administrative work on that side for an agency, you know, create PowerPoints, um, create. Um, like some word documents and you know presentations to 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 get to the agent uh, so he can present that to the the parents or the player so it was interesting to to be able to create those things is like how how do i create a presentation for an agent to sell his company to sell himself so a player will come and be represented by him so 
<coughs> excuse me. It was, uh, it was definitely interesting trying to get the mindset around that is like, how do I sell an agency that I'm new to, I'm not really familiar with. And how do, how do I do that to a player that I've only seen once or twice um, and stuff like that. So it was a lot of more business and more sales than it was actually hockey for me. And that's where after a few months of doing it, I saw that, you know, honestly, it wasn't for me. And I wanted to be more focused on the hockey operations side, whether it was actually coaching or actually scouting or actually, you know, doing management type of work. Um, so that it, it was a great experience in the sense that it let me see the other side of the hockey world and let me understand that, you know, it's not for me personally. And there's nothing wrong with with that side of like it. It's not, I'm not saying it's a bad um, side to be into. It just, it wasn't for me. I wanted to be more hockey focused um, and development and drafts and scouting and the, compared to, you know, creating these presentations, documents or sales pitch and, and speaking with parents and, and agents and all that kind of stuff. To me, I just wanted to watch hockey in a sense. So it was a, it was a good op- uh, learning experience. It was good. You know, as for one of my first hockey jobs, it was good to, you know, kind of get my feet wet in there and see what it was like and kind of get a grasp of how it worked. But uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't take that opportunity and that, that experience away for anything. So it, to me, it was a good as a as an eye opener. Definitely. And then eye opening and knowing that you obviously want to move into hockey operations full time and and pursue that opportunity more so than anything else. You found yourself with the Ottawa 67s now in your internship role, especially a hockey operations intern deals with a lot of different tasks. And I feel every team has a different situation. So maybe just walk us through that experience and some of the things that you dealt with in that intern capacity. Yeah, definitely. So like I said, um, that was the, I started when the the new era came in. So that's when Andre Tournier first came in aboard, I came aboard and Mario Duramel, Norm Milley, and then, the management staff of James Bourdieu and Eggert. So again, everything was kind of new to them as well, trying to get things organized. So having a, somebody extra there as an intern, it was, um, it was, it was interesting on their side for things. Cause you know, they were trying to find things for me to do. And again, there were so many things that they did get me to do. Um, but at first, again, it was uh, what they were trying to get me to do is kind of get a grasp on everything touch base on whether it's video or scouting or the draft, the free agency trades, all that kind of stuff. So um, I did a, quite a lot of work, honestly, um, to begin with, um, with James. So I did a lot of a little, um, little tasks here and there that would help with, you know, our day to day with, you know, with scouting and drafting and, and free agency or looking at player trades. So I was responsible for, you know, creating this big depth chart depth chart board that had every single team in the league in our locker room, and it had everybody's names on there, their age, they're drafted by an NHL team, just to kind of give us an overlook of of the the league itself. So it, it took me probably about seven to eight hours to create that and put the stickers on the on the magnets and stuff like that. So that was my first big task, and you know, it, it helped me because I got to see who everyone was, who the players were, and and whatnot. So. Uh, I did things like that with James, like some administrative things to help out, um, just little tasks here and there. Um, but I did a lot of work with Jan as well um, on the scouting side and the drafting side, whether it was just, you know, working on Excel sheets for player interviews, uh, 
player stats, um, just little things that could prepare us for the draft. So I did a lot of uh, draft prep with Jan, uh, which was great. I loved it. It was something that I wanted to do for sure. So that was kind of like uh, my task, uh, you know, off off game days and stuff like that. Um, I did a lot of scouting, uh, kind of like an intern scout. So every Monday and Saturday, I would be um, gone to the, the rink in Ottawa and scout the HEO, which is the, uh, the triple A, triple A league here. And, you know, I got to, you know, start my scouting with some elite company and, you know, that was, you know, obviously scouting with Andre, but also with Pat Higgins, who was a long time scout and GM with the 67s for over, you know, 20 plus years. And I got to scout with, uh, Brian Kilray and Bert O'Brien who are 67s legend They're you know, Brian's a hall of famer. And Bert is, you know, a wild renowned uh, 67s coach for over the years as well. So having the opportunity to to scout with them and learn from them and grasp the knowledge of how to evaluate players and what we're looking for and how who how I should evaluate and who I should evaluate, that was uh, like I, I couldn't ask for better in terms of who I was scouting with for someone that was just starting to scout. Like, you know, you, you can't get any better than that when you're being you're scouting with Brian Kilray. Um, for, you know, his resume speaks for himself and all the other guys around him. So did uh, the scouting. So again, uh, they set me up on, on rink nets, which is the scouting software we have. And I got into put in reports, create lists and all that stuff. So it was a kind of essentially a scout myself in the sense of, you know, I was brought into the scouting meetings. I was brought into, uh, the final draft meetings. I was at the draft. So I got to do everything as a scout would do. So I was technically a scout as well, but, um, I got see a lot of the scouting side which was great it was uh it was definitely quite the experience um and then the other thing was big too is and that's kind of kind of how i got into the video coaching is that the video coach at the time um i was asked by him if i wanted to take care of the time on ice so i had the ipad every every home game and i would go up in the stands and i would take the time on ice for the players and you know gauge how, how much time they were spent on the ice and then after the game i would go in give the iPad to the, uh, the video coach and, you know, he would sync up the time on ice with the, the video and the shifts and allow that for the, the coaches and NHL teams to see that. Uh, so that was another big thing I know as I would do the time on ice and whatnot. So like I said, over the course of that internship year, I kind of did a bit of everything. Like I said, they wanted to really put my feet in, whether it was on the, the management side of things, the, the scouting side of things and, and the coaching slash video. So, I really got to do a bit of everything, um, but I also did have my day-to-day -day task or my big task that I, I had routinely have done uh, throughout the year. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's great to hear when an organization really allows you to see everything and they're not kind of just pushing you aside to do one task and kind of keeping you busy in that regard. They uh, allowed you to scout and, and get into the game day process with the time on ice and then some administrative stuff as well. And um, always great to hear when someone's able to go in and be successful in that role. And, uh, you know, you're moving into a role with the team today and we'll get into that a little bit more, uh, later in the interview, but I want to go through some, maybe of the other experiences that you also had the opportunity to work in. The next one I want to talk about here is next generation hockey and fit. Walk us through that experience and, um, you know, have it, how it was now just completing OHL internship and going into that role. Yeah, so that was uh, more kind of like a, a summer thing that we we decided to do. So uh, Next Gen is uh, run by our skills and development coach, Derek Miller. Uh, so that's how we got acquainted, obviously, is through is through him. And Derek wanted to implement a way for his summer camps where he had you know players ranging from you know as young as 11, 12, all the way up to, uh, or even younger than that, and all the way up to you know junior level. 
And so he wanted to implement a, a way where we can evaluate players based on, you know, specific categories, whether it was skating, shooting, compete level, uh, hands, like just things that we can help evaluate for him to, to approach the players when they're, when he's teaching them things. So um, <clears throat> the plan there was um, to create kind of like this, this scoring sheet that I, uh, uh, that him and I created um, via Excel. And <clears throat> we also got our assistant coach to jump in, Norm Millie. So Norm and I, uh, every Sunday, we would go to the arena and we'd have our, our binder of all these sheets um, of scoring sheets. And we would uh, sit there and basically watch each player or grab a group of player each. So like I would have five players, Norm would have five players, and we would evaluate them and base, base them out of a score of one to five. Um, so we'd evaluate them, like I said, based on their their talent level, so their shot, their hands, their their puck skills, um, their skating, their backboard skating, like whatever, anything that all those tangible things that uh, you're working on um, on a skills camp. Um, <clears throat> so what we did there is, um, you know, every Sunday, Norm and I would go to the rink. We would be there from probably around 12, 11, 12 o'clock to probably about six, seven o'clock at night watching, you know, eight different groups of all uh, ages and levels and just evaluate them and that's what we did pretty much all summer and then after that um after you know we were done evaluating we would put all these uh, score sheets together tally up their scores and it would allow that it would allow them to identify more of a role for the player so you know we can see you know player x that you know he scored a three in puck skills and puck in puck uh and 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 then his skating was like a four and stuff like that his, his backward skating was a three and then we can identify what type of player he was. Well, if we see he got all fours down the board, we can see that, and he's a four. We, we can see he's, he'll be a top six forward down the road. Down the road. So we really want to implement a way that we can help kids identify more of a role and identity for themselves at a younger age. So when they're developing, growing, and growing up, they're more focused on the role that they can probably better themselves at and excel at if they want to uh, move up in the hockey world. So. We wanted to ensure that, you know, if we see that a kid, you know, couldn't shoot the puck or didn't have as strongest hands, we didn't want them to identify as a as a playmaking centerman or a scoring uh, forward. We'll say, well, you know what, maybe you're more of a, a defensive centerman or a type of a two-way four that, you know, can kill penalties um, and stuff like that and block shots. So we really want to find a way that we can evaluate players and try to identify their roles. Um, and that's that was our project in the summer. So we did about, you know, hundreds of evaluations and we tallied them up and it kind of gave them like a scoring metric where if they their score fell between these this category that would identify their role as a player so that was our big project in the summer with the next gen and that's something that we implemented um for that summer and and, and it was a good experience it was again it was a good way to stay in the scouting role um in in the evaluation it was also a good way to see the players coming up like I got to see kids that were born in 2009 and their draft year was not for another five years away but I also got to see guys that their draft year was coming up so it was good to see you know, who's coming up and who's going to be coming in the draft year next year so it was also a good way to kind of get a, an advantage on on the scouting in Ottawa as well but uh, that was essentially what next gen and uh, and myself and our assistant coach had done that summer it was kind of a project evaluation of trying to identify players and their abilities and their strengths and weaknesses yeah, it really does sound like a, a great experience and like you said, a way to stay involved in scouting in the summer and also gain that advantage of of kind of gauging the capabilities and the skill sets of the players in the area. And uh, just with the evaluation process, you know, when you get a player, obviously every player at that level 
um, whether it be triple A, double A, if they're at an elite level in minor hockey, they all want to be the first line player. They want to be the top parent defenseman and they want to be starting goalie. But uh, it's great when kids will start to look in other directions as well and realize that you can be an elite third line player. You just have to work on certain defensive tactics. And again, that doesn't mean that when the opportunities that run a two on one rush, you don't have the skills to be able to finish that type of play, but it's still the to realize that there are multiple aspects of the game that coaches value that you can kind of interpret um, with your own skill set and your own abilities. So really great to hear about uh, that position and, and that kind of initiative as well. Today you're with the 67s and you work as a video coach and a scout. Uh, I know it was kind of following your internship opportunity, but maybe just talk about the transition into that role or both of those roles, I should say, and uh, just a general overview of uh, what you do now with the 67s. Um, yeah, so uh, how that came about is um, after the 2017-2018 season, so that was my first year, um, again, I got pulled in for kind of like an exit interview. So I got to sit down with Andre uh, Tourigny, Mario Duhamel, and uh, Norm Milley. And uh, going, they wanted to um, <clears throat> they wanted to sit down with me and have a chat with me because, again, as I was still involved with them too, like with uh, – you know, being around them on game days, being around them for helping out the video coach. So as much as I didn't really deal with them um, in the, in the direct sense, I was still around and trying to help out and, you know, be involved as much as I can. So, um, and after games, I would, I would stay there as late as I could just to kind of sit and learn from them and grasp knowledge and just kind of chat with them about the game that just happened or just other, other things. So, uh, how it came about is, you know, after that, uh, the season, I had an exit interview about uh, around May and, uh, you know, they said that, you know, they were very impressed with what I did with my internship and how I really took advantage of it and how um, I really, you know, grasped as much knowledge as I could and really, you know, grinded it out, stayed as late as I could and just kind of took every opportunity that I could and, you know, uh, the timing worked out that the current video coach was moving on. Uh, he was actually moving um, out of province for another position. So that opened up the position. Um, and it came to a point where you know, they offered me the position and they, they asked if I wanted to be the video coach. Um, and of course, uh, you know, I, I said, yes, there was, it was a great opportunity for me to, to learn the video side of things. And on, but on, on the coaching side, uh, having to, to sit and learn from all these guys with so much experience, um, it was definitely a no brainer for me. So, um, and when they offered me the job, it was a, it was an immediate yes. It was I was ecstatic. I was very happy. It was it was I all that hard work had paid off to finally get a crack at working in in hockey and in hockey operations. So, um, so that's that's kind of how I got into the position of being the video coach and the the transition of also being the scout also uh, worked out as well because uh, you know Brian and Bert um, were taking a bit of a step back on the scouting side in Ottawa and. Uh, Pat Higgins uh, at the time, you know, he was, uh, he was, you know, taking his retirement. Um, so at that point there was, you know, kind of a, a void for scouting in Ottawa. So um, that's where I kind of jumped into because uh, I had done it the year before them. So it, it kind of became my region. I kind of became the the scout there as the head, uh, the regional scout. So of course I, I do still scout with Andre and, you know, Bert and Brian will still come out when they can, but uh, you know, that position uh, became became essentially mine in a sense of you know that there was my region I was taking it was my responsibility to scout the players there so that's where that all came about it all came about at once and and uh, now you know fast forward three years uh, you know from then 
Uh, I'm now in uh, you know that position of being a video coach and um, this, the the regional scout. And <clears throat> every year that I've been in that position, uh, I learn something new every day. There's always new challenges. There's always something that comes up. There's always new obstacles. There's always um, something that I didn't know um, that I learned or something that I thought I knew, but I actually don't know. Um, so it, it's definitely been a, a fun, a fun three years uh, being in those two positions. And, you know, I've been really fortunate to, you know, to have the opportunity to, to get my first crack at working as a video coach uh, with Andre and Mario and Norm. Like, I don't think you can ask for a better staff than that uh, in terms to learn and, 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 and move on with um, in my career. So um it was definitely uh it definitely a kind of a hit the ground running too in my position it was um it was something that i was new to so essentially when i got the job like they said okay well it's yours like here's the equipment here's the the computer here's the software learn it and it's like it was may you know camp starts in august so i had like two maybe three months to really learn the software and at the time we were uh, using steva steva hockey so as soon as I got the equipment, it was, you know, go home. And every week I would spend about, you know, two, three days of just trying to learn the software, learn the system, you know, learn how just Steva works. Like I had no idea how video worked with, uh, with those kind of things. So it was a matter of like clipping games and tagging games and just learning as I went. And that's how it, uh, I got myself as ready as can be um when the season came and again even as much as i thought i was ready there were still a lot of surprises when it came to being a video coach and the preparation and and the details that come with it so you know it, was, it wasn't just you know show up plug your computer in and, and start tagging it was no like you got to set up um the video for you know the the, the pre-game the pre-game video uh you got to set up the ipads you got to set up the time on ice you got to ensure that um the video for in between periods is ready you got to the, the equipment is all set up um, so there was all those little things there that you know, when I when I played my first when we had our first game of the season it was it was a big shock to me that wow like there's a lot of things that I need to do here to to prep as a video coach and um, it all came at once and you know there was a big learning curve it was a big shock that wow like like I said there's a lot of things to do um, so there was a lot of learning that first year and you know uh, the coaching staff was very supportive. They're very understanding, you know, sometimes I would get a little kick in the butt, but that's only because they wanted to help me and they wanted to support me and they wanted to know that like you're capable of doing this job where we're just letting you know that, you know, pick it up a bit. So it was, um, it was definitely a learning curve the first year, you know, being in that new position uh, and whatnot and learning the video and stuff like that and trying to be the best I can be in with especially the staff like that we had you know that come with so much experience uh, at the international level the NHL level so they you know they expected you know professional they they expected detail they expected high pace they, they expected results so yeah, I had to learn quick uh, what they wanted and how they wanted things done um, so that was that was probably the biggest challenge for me in my first year and um, you know I was fortunate the first year too that you know, like we, we made a run to the OHL final. So like it, it, I really got everything coming in uh, to me in a big wave where, okay, like we went through a, our, one of our best, if not the best season uh, in franchise history. Um, and then now it's like, okay, we're making it, we're going to make a deep playoff run here. So like, you know, it was that, that's where really things, uh, you know, t came into play when, you know, I was working on all the pre-scouts, you know, for special teams, 
So I had to do all the special teams pre-scouts throughout the season. But, you know, for playoffs, I had to find, uh, you know, the coaches wanted me to find um, the last 10 or 15 games of every goal that was scored on the opponent and every goal the, the opponent scored. Um, all, all, like I said, all the special teams, uh, face-offs. Like I had to clip four, four, six, four to six of their last games completely to break down the entire game. Um, and, you know, I had to do that in the entire playoff series. So, like, my days were, you know, from 7, 8 a.m. Um, to about, like, sometimes 1 o'clock in the morning. Um, so that, that was a big challenge and kind of, like, a big thing for me. It's like, wow, like, I really got to grind this out. If I really want to make it somewhere as a video coach or in hockey, I really got to learn how to grind and, and push through and, and do all those things like that. So um, going through that tough run was uh, definitely something that I didn't expect to do in my first year as a video coach. Uh, but I, I got to learn what it took to win, what it took to, to build a championship team, what it took to, to really dissect the game and prepare for playoffs and prepare for uh, re- even a regular season game, especially playoffs, like how much video and pre-scout work we had to do where we're doing eight to 10 hours of video a day. So, you know, we did you know four rounds of that in terms of prep. So it was a lot of video, a lot of sitting on the computer, cutting games, clipping games, finding things um, from other games that we can implement into pre-scouts and stuff like that. So uh, that was essentially my first year working as a video coach. So I, it's definitely uh, an experience that I'll, I'll never forget. It's something that I never take for granted and something that I use continuously moving forward in my position is that, you know, I've learned so much from my first year up until now. So, um, and after the first season, it was, uh, it, it, more changes came up. Like I said, we, we had one year with Steve hockey and, um, you know, not even maybe a month or two after we were done our season, I was told that we we're moving to a new video software called XOs. So in my head, I'm like, okay, like I just, just got the grasp with Steve hockey. And now I got to learn a completely new software um, in XOs. So it was kind of like back to square one for me. It's like, okay, I got a new software to use. Um, but this one brought a lot more challenges too as, as a video coach um, because due to uh, the shipment and customs and the border, uh, we didn't get our, our equipment, I think, probably a day or two before a preseason game started. Um, so it was, I think we we're playing Gatineau because we play the uh, the uh, inner squad or inner city game against uh, Gatineau Olympic, who are part of the QMJHL. But we, a 25-minute drive from the uh, from Gatineau, we kind of play those preseason games and stuff against them just to, to kind of uh, add to a rivalry. So we had a game against them on the Sunday and we got our stuff the Saturday. So I spent the entire day at the arena, you know, trying to set up the equipment, trying to set up our laptops, trying to set up the hard drives, the server. And I was on the phone with tech support. And luckily, you know, Exos is a phenomenal tech support and a support line where they help you and stuff. So it was it was a matter of, you know, trying to get that going. And, um, you know, of course, we couldn't get Exos going, you know, in time for the game. So we, we still had to use Steva. Um, and you know we only had about i think at by that time we only had about like two to four days left of our license before it expired so we had about three to four days to get exos going or we had no video software and we still had about like four or five preseason games to play so um we had to use steva for the first couple games and then we had to like i said i had to figure out a way to get exos going so luckily they had the exos sent down an account manager to help us with the setup and help me with the basics. So 
by preseason game three or four, it was, we got the ground running with XOs. Um, and then that's what we've been, we've been using ever since. So um, as the video coach, it's, it's felt like there's been, you know, nonstop changes and nonstop adjusting. But I think that's, uh, that's helped me a lot with my role moving forward. And, and in the position, it's like, okay, you need to be proactive. You need to be more detailed. You need to know how to plan ahead. Like you need to know what to expect. Um, so that, that's, that's basically what the, the video coach position has had is, you know, a lot more hours on video than I thought it would be a lot of adjustments, a lot of, um, being proactive, being detailed, uh, being ahead of the game, um, and ensuring that everybody is, is, is well equipped as, as a video coach, what a lot of people do, may not realize in the position is that you're there to support the coaching staff in the sense you're there to support the head coach, the assistant coach, the associate coach, because you have the games, you clip the games, you tag the games, uh, you do the time on ice, you, uh, you do the pre-scouts for them. So if, if you're not on the ball with their job uh, on your job, you, they can't do theirs. Um, so it's a big thing to understand, like when you're, if, when you're doing the pre-scouts, you got to make sure you're doing them right. When you're clipping the games, tagging the games, you got to make sure everything's on par and up to expectations because this is, this is their tools. This is what they need to do to ensure that uh, we have a chance to win every night and that our players are well-equipped and our players are developing well. Um, so that's uh, essentially another thing of the, of the, of the role for sure. The video coach is, is very key. For sure. I think anytime we've had a, a video coach on, they just talk about how every day is such a grind. And, um, you know, everybody thinks, okay, a video coach and coaching staff, they're simply playing the video, doing the setup. And, you know, it's not the case. You you have to understand the game, do a lot of breakdown. And then you get in a situation where, uh, you know, last minute you get the equipment, then you just have to be a tech support pretty much just trying to learn how to set it up and, and deal with those tasks, which again, might not be, uh, you know, an original thought when you think of a video coach uh just some of that setup and and how technical things can be but uh definitely a, a great experience and one of the things that you mentioned a lot of times there uh with ottawa specifically is just the staff and the amount of support that you've been given you know jan Egert and and bear and james boyd and all those uh you know great coaches and, and managers just talk about the opportunity to get to know them you know on a day-to-day basis a personal level and uh maybe outside the job specifically how they've just kind of guided, uh, you know, a young coach in the game and uh, taught you lessons in that capacity. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, like, like you were saying, I was speaking about it quite a bit, but um, you know, coming into my first, you know, I guess hockey job or work going into my first job or career as in hockey ops, like to me, I can't think of a, of a better group that I want to learn from and, and I want to be around and, you know, how what i've been able to learn from all three and everyone around like not just those three but you know mario norm uh our our strength and conditioning staff our trainers our skills like the whole just the whole group itself uh, what i've been able to learn from them is is something i can't explain uh, I'm, I'm very grateful for it um and what they've done for me over the years um but i it, to me if i ever moved on and worked for another team or another organization i would have a lot of high expectations moving forward because of what they bring on a day-to-day basis and you know all in all each of them and uh, have taught me something individually that I, I i take away and i've used to better myself every single day and you know um with with andre specifically because i worked with him quite a bit uh bear um, you know, w- what he brings on a day-to-day basis with his work ethic, his detail, his personality, his, his charisma and his approach, it, 
to me it's it's second and on like class and and professionalism what he brings and and you can see that because like you look at what he's accomplished you know over the years and what he's about to do um so you know having the opportunity to just kind of sit there beside him and just learn and have him speak about hockey and about life and how to approach things with with whether it's both hockey and life it's it's been honestly very humbling to learn from him um and the rest of the staff too you know not to take credit away from them like you know uh, you know there's we have great assistant coaches with mario who honestly as much as an associate coach he's literally he's really a head coach and what i've learned from him um on on the life aspect on the hockey aspect as well and norm millie you know who played you know 18 years pro hockey and you know he started his, his coaching career as well uh it's been you know at the same time as i did with 67s and you know learning things from him from on a player perspective or life perspective and how to approach things like they've all taught me things that you know i'm very grateful for and uh like i said learning from andre um He's just, you know, showed me how how to be a true professional, uh, whether it's, you know, making sure that, you know, simplest things like you making sure that you wear your golf shirt to dinner, you're sure you're not wearing track pants where you're in public, um, making sure that, you know, um, like your, your video is detailed, that your setup is detailed, your your dinner manners are proper, like just little things like that is everything that is a, that revolves around being around him is professional, it's class and it's detail. And those are three things that I've learned so much um, over the years of being with the 67 is just ensuring that I have class as a human being and as a, as a member of the staff. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm always professional, whatever, whatever I'm doing. And I, with what I'm doing is I always make sure I do it with details. And, you know, something, things that they've, you know, always echo to me is if, you know, if you're going to do something, do it right. Um, don't just go in and do it 25%. You know, you're going to do it 110%. And that's, that's something I've learned a lot from, from Andre, um, with Jan, um, you know, I've, I've spoke, uh, I work a lot more with Jan on the, on, on the scouting side, but also a bit of the video coaching side too. Like he's, you know, the video coach for the Swiss national team. So him and I can, you know, kind of correlate and speak about those things. And, you know, he's, he's very, he's a very attention to detail. He's very detail oriented as well. Um, to learning things from him, especially on the scouting side, like, you know, he's, he showed me the ropes of scouting and that's something I'll be forever grateful with. He showed me how to evaluate what I should, should I be looking for? How to not evaluate a player? What, what tangible should I look for? How to, how to really look for talent? Um, so in terms of what he's taught me on the, on the scouting side is, is helped me immensely as a scout. And he's, he's helped me grow uh, to what I'm doing today. And, you know, without his help, you know, I, I wouldn't be the scout I am today. And, you know, I don't know if they think I'm a good or a bad scout, but, you know, if I'm still around, that means I'm doing kind of a good job. But um, but what he's taught me um, on, on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, he's uh, he's somebody that, you know, any team would be lucky to have. And to me, he's, you know, as much as he are, he's our, our assistant general manager and our director of scouting, like to me, he's a general manager as well, because he, he does the job so well and he's such – a detail and proactive person. And that to me, that's another thing is he's so proactive. Like if you, if you want something from him, he's done it 25 minutes ago. And that's things I've, I've tried to model off him is that, you know, try to think ahead, think of how you can do something better or think about how I can progress into, into my job and my role by, you know, being proactive, thinking ahead, thinking how I can add value and add this and add that. 
So that that's what Jan's taught me as well is how to always add, look for new solutions, new ways to improve, new ways to better our team, better yourself as a scout, better yourself as a as a as a video coach. So Jan's been very good at at, at that aspect is always finding ways to be better. Um, and whatnot. And with, with James, um, you know, Bordy's, you know, he's a, to me or, or to a lot of people, he's, you know, he's an OHL legend. Like, you know, he's been around the game so long um, as a GM, as a coach, you know, he's been around the league. Um, everyone knows James Boyd and he's well-respected. Um, and just the approach he takes with his job every single day is, you know, you can tell that there's passion and there, and there's, and there's an immense work ethic there. And that's what he showed me is how to be passionate, the work ethic and how much grinding you have to do and the detail. Like that, that's something that uh, James is very good at too, is adding detail. Like if there, if there's something missing, whether we're missing something for our training camp or if we don't have a specific equipment, he's on it. He's there. He, he's there. He's going to make sure we have everything. So he, he's tremendous in showing how to be supportive, how to being a good teammate, how to be, a good staff member, how to do your job correctly, how to provide support to, to guys that like the coaching staff. So, you know, he's been really good in showing like being detailed and showing how to, to, to get things done, essentially, you know, not waiting last minute or after it's been asked two or three times, like if you ask James something to do, it's, it's already been done. Um, So he, he's been really key in, in, in learning from him that aspect of how, how to just be, um, support of how to be, how to get things done at, at a high level and high, high pace. So, um, you know, I can go on and on again about what they brought to me and what I've learned from them, but those are, you know, few things that have stuck out to me, um, specifically from those individuals. And, you know, like I said, I can go on and on about the other guys too, with Mario, like he's taught me, um, you know, a lot of things on, on the hockey side, especially with pre-scouts because Mario was a video coach. Um, with the Colorado Avalanche so he's taught me you know a few things of how to how to be more detailed with my pre-scouts or how to be better with video um, and stuff like that same with Norm uh, you know with his video um, he's told me how to you know some tips and what things to look for what I should be looking for when I'm doing my pre-scouts so they've taught me a lot of things there and again on the life side of things you know they've just taught me how to be a better human being a better individual um, and, and that goes by, you know, our DNA and values with the 67s is, you know, be a good human overall. So they've, they've all taught me how to just be a good pro, um, to take each day, um, and, you know, really work at it, you know, don't take any day for, uh, for granted, grind it out, you know, push, you know, no days off. So, um, I'm very grateful for the opportunity they've given me the amount of support the entire staff has. As if it starts from the top of the GM or Andre as the head coach, all the way down to our our trainers, um, they've all provided me with type of support and life lessons and 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 advice that I'm very grateful for. And I've you know I've learned a lot from, and I'll be continuing to 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 learn from and use moving forward in my career. I, I think a, a positive experience and and a great situation to be in as a young coach is always somewhere where you have a, a staff that's willing to show you the ropes and. Personally, I've been able to experience places like that and Sarnia being another uh, team that follows that mindset. But definitely in Ottawa, uh, it seems like you've had the, uh, you know, an A-plus team there to help you and guide you in different areas. And a lot of times when someone like yourself is, is feeling that, um, you know, positive uh, atmosphere and learning so much, you know, the players are doing the same. And a lot of fans who know the 67s will know the names Jack Quinn and Marco Rossi as someone who got to see them a little bit more on a day-to-day basis and, and likely form some form of relationship there, 
just talk about their development and, and where you see both of those players going uh, down the road. Yeah, no, definitely. Like it, it was a tremendous pleasure having the opportunity to be around guys of that level of skill and that level of, uh, of a hockey player like Marco Rossi and Jack Lynn. And, you know, I obviously got to spend a bit more time with Jack because, you know, he was there, uh, you know, when I started as an intern. So, you know, in 2017 and he had a, some call ups and uh, a little bit of time with the team, but you know, I've, I've essentially had, you know, two and a half, almost three years with Jack and with Marco I only had two years, but um, if I want to start with, with Marco, um, you know, Marco is a special player in the sense of, you know, what he brings on a day-to-day basis with his work ethic and his detail to the game. And, you know, Marco to me is, was the MVP. And again, it was obvious, you know, he was the MVP of our team. He was the go-to guy. He was the, the horse, the, the guy in the, in the driver's seat. Um, and, and to me, he was, uh, you know, the best player in the league and, you know, he, he brings so much to, to a team that some may not realize, you know, in terms of how he approaches the game, uh, how serious he is, how passionate he is. And, you know, again, you can look at on paper that, you know, statistically, yes, it's there. You know, he won CHL player of the year. Um, but again, what people may not see as much is like, he's probably one of the strongest 24 players in the game with his defensive capabilities and how much pride he takes with uh, being a defensive player as well. Um, so, you know, seeing his development, you know, coming into his first year um, with us, you know, he was a rookie, he was only 16, he was a late birthday, um, and seeing how, you know, he's progressed over those two years, and, you know, now, you know, now with becoming a, you know, a first-run NHL pick by the Minnesota Wild, uh, it's great to see, like, you know, he's earned every opportunity, he's earned that, that slot of being a top 10 pick in the NHL, because of who, what he's done, and, um, you know, uh, on the personal side, he's a great kid, you know, it was a pleasure getting to know him, you know, you know, coming in, he was more on the quiet side, of course, because he's, you know, coming from Austria, uh, but he was a pleasure to be around, you know, the, the, the guys loved him, he was easy to get along with, uh, the guys always, you know, th- they knew that, you know, just because he was, you know, maybe the best player that, you know, he might separate himself, and, you know, kind of, you know, be Mr. Big Shot, but, he fit in with the group. The guys loved him. You know, he, he got around a long while with everybody on the team. Um, it went on and, you know, he, it was good to have a relationship with him. And, um, you know, it's a shame that, you know, unfortunately our, our tenure with Marco ended in the way it did with uh, our season getting cut short uh, due to COVID, you know, cause uh, he was going to do big, big things for us in the, in the playoffs for sure. And, you know, he was ready to take that next step and finish the job that we couldn't do the year before. And, and, you know, hopefully win us a championship and, you know, a birth into the Memorial Cup. Um, but as, as a player, I think to me, Marco, you know, he was the best player in, in the league by far. And he may, may have been the best player in Canada, in my opinion, as well. And I think moving forward, Minnesota, I think, may have got one of the top steals of the draft. Uh, and what he can bring uh, uh, on a day-to-day basis with his, his approach to the game, his work ethic, his detail, uh, his skill level, his skating, like he's, uh, he's somebody that will definitely make an impact in the NHL for years to come. And, you know, to me, he'll be easily a top six player for Minnesota um, f- uh, for years. He'll be definitely a dynamic player and an impact player in the NHL for sure. Uh, so it, it was honestly a pleasure to, to have a relationship with them and, you know, seeing how, how much success it's brought him uh, with him being with us and, 
you know, I definitely do think uh, he's going to have a, a really good career in the NHL and, uh, and, uh, and as a pro. So, um, so with, with that, then there's, there's Jack, you know, Jack is uh, another guy that I, you know, that I've had the pleasure of being with over the last two and a half, three years. Um, and, you know, Jack, Jack came in as, you know, the kind of like the, you know, just a little 16 year old kid from, you know, from, uh, from the Valley here in Ottawa, you know, um, and he was, you know, again, a second round pick, a guy that was, you know, playing double A at one point and, you know, kind of overlooked, but, you know, he beat all odds. He came in, he fought his way into the lineup. He earned every opportunity. Um, he, he earned every opportunity that was given to him. He took every, um, every challenge uh, that was, that was brought upon him. Um, and, you know, if we gave him an inch, he took a mile. And, you know, Jack is a player that I think is, hasn't even reached his level of, of, of what he's, what he's capable to do. Um, I think there's a lot more to uh, develop with Jack. And I think Buffalo um, definitely took, uh, they had a, an amazing pick there at number eight with him. And, you know, I, I think he's another player that I think teams will look down the road at 10 years from now that didn't take him, you know, in the top seven. That's say, wow, we maybe should have took a shot on Jack Quinn because, what he brings on a day-to-day -day basis, again, with his work ethic, his detail, it's, he's one of the hardest working players on the team. He's one of the more skilled guys. Like I said, he was, he was a top goal scorer. He had a breakout season and that's because of the work he put in. Like, that's just the type of guy you got with Jack is that like, he was one of the hardest working players on the team. And he, he really took the opportunity to make sure that he was, he was seen and he was well known in the league. And you know, it was evident that he, he did that. He did that by having a big year. Um, so, uh, but with Jack, you know, he's, he's well, a guy that you love to be around with. He's funny. He loves to make jokes. He loves to pull pranks on guys. Uh, he, he loves to just have a good time and, you know, just, just sit around and have a coffee with or just chat about life or whatever. So he's another guy that I had the opportunity to get a little personal with and, you know, have a deeper uh, relationship with. And, you know, he's definitely, a, you know, a guy you want on your team, a guy that, you know, you want to build around because of what he brings on and off the ice. So, um, you know, Jack and Marco, you know, um, if, you know, if, if, um, Jack doesn't come back with us next year, uh, you know, they're, they're two guys that will be missing. They, they brought a lot to the organization in their, in their time there. And they definitely helped, um, the, the progression of our other players with their development because they were such good role models. They were guys that they, that guys looked up to that guys that wanted to be around. They were guys that they wanted to be like they guys wanted to be Jack Quinn. They wanted to be Marco Rossi because of how they they approached their day to day and how how good they were. Um, but with Jack, I think you know he he's a he's a to me he's the X factor in the draft. I think he's the being the guy that people you know may have slept on a little bit because he kind of came out of nowhere. But I think he's going to be a, a dynamic forward uh, and a player for Buffalo for years to come as well. And I think you know that goal scoring pedigree that he had in the OHL will definitely uh, translate into the NHL for sure. Um, so honestly, uh, it's great to see, like, they're, they're great human beings. They're great kids. It's great to see how well they're doing and how they're progressing. And I, I wish nothing but the best for them. And, you know, I hope, you know, one day when, when COVID is all said and done, we can, you know, go back to the rank and, you know, you know, just have a chat and just see how life's been and, and, you know, see how they've been doing, you know, with Jack being in Rochester with Buffalo and how his experiences have been and, you know, hopefully chatting with Marco to, see when he'll start with Minnesota and whatnot. So, uh, you know, both of them are, are, to me, you know, some of the best players I've gone to work with over the years in, in my short hockey career. And 
they're definitely elite, elite players, and they don't come around uh, too often. They don't grow on trees, and they're going to have uh, very successful careers because of you know how they approach the game, how detailed, and their work ethic for one is what will get them uh, to an elite status. Yeah, that's for sure. I think any time, uh, well, it's very evident, you know, you look at the numbers and, and you watch the film, two of those players were uh, elite with their skill set and, and their abilities. But when you can kind of see some of the behind the scenes work as well and the, the workouts in the gym and just how they interact with their teammates, it makes a big difference. And, uh, you know, wishing them a success moving forward and, uh, you know, hopefully everybody can continue to get back in the rinks here soon. Another thing I want to talk about just before going into our reflective questions, uh, throughout your career, you had a number of experience in different sports or, or more so not hockey specific, you know, um, athletes care, sport medicine, athletics, Canada, and roles like that. How important do you feel these multi-sport experiences were for the development of your skill set? And just wondering, uh, you know, how you kind of use that to uh, feel your abilities in the game of hockey. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I had the opportunity to, you know, like work in different sport avenues, whether if it was um, athletes, Canada with, uh, with track and field with uh, the, in the team Canada um, or whether it was on the, on the athletic center. Um, so I, I, it's definitely helped me for sure. Like, I think, you know, you, you hear a lot of things about uh, if you're talking about a hockey player, how, you know, they're an athlete, you know, they're a natural athlete because they play different sports and, you know, they get their, their athleticism and their, their, uh, their speed, let's say from playing soccer and or they're being a track runner and they get their, their flexibility from being a soccer player, let's say. So then that helped them to be, you know, who they are as a hockey player. And I think it's the same thing when it comes, if you're working in hockey, you know, don't just focus, you know, on hockey if you're trying to get into the sport avenue like take every opportunity that comes to you uh, in sport because it, it helps you uh, grow as an individual and, and just be around the sports world you know as much as i was around you know uh, athletics canada with with track and field you know obviously it wasn't hockey what was i wanted to do but it still got me around that sports environment and how it is in a sports world and how high intense and how elite it is and having to work with the elite athletes and how much detail needs to go into preparation and how much um, work needs to be done, how many hours. So it kind of gave me a kind of a helpful hand and what to expect when working in hockey and especially in the video coaching and scouting world that, you know, like there's going to be long hours and be a lot of work that needs to be done. Uh, there's going to be a lot of new people that you meet. And that's what I got with those other jobs. I got to meet new people, engage with new people, uh, learn how to speak with people, communicate with them. And that's how what I do in my current job. You know, I got to speak to players. I got to speak to parents. I got to speak to coaches. So it's allowed me to really branch out and expand my horizons on on specific things that I'm doing now. Um, so, you know, working, like I said, in those different sport areas, as much as they not, it's not really what the sport itself brings, it's what surrounds it in terms of, you know, the specific job that you're doing. So, um, like I said, if, if, if it means, you know, learning how to engage with people, learning how to communicate more with people, learning how to, you know, dealing with softwares, dealing with, you know, with certain obstacles, certain challenges, um, having to be detailed, having to be proactive, having, having to be a step ahead. Those are all factors that I use on a day-to-day -day basis in my job with 6-7. So, you know, it's allowed me to prepare for the sports world by being in the sport that I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, 
that I that I wanted to be in. So, you know, who knows what my life or my career path would have been if I just jumped into hockey in the hockey world. Like, maybe I would have been as, as successful. Maybe I would have uh, crumbled at those challenges that were, were given to me or those obstacles uh, because I wasn't prepared. So I think working in those different sport areas and those sport environments has allowed me to better myself before I got into the actual job working in hockey. So, you know, if others want to, you know, get into working in hockey, don't be afraid to go in and say, listen, I'll, I'll work in the, on the football side of things or on the basketball side of things or baseball, because you're, you're going to always take away something that you're, you're going to need moving forward. Um, and, and that's how I approach it. Every opportunity that I was given, I took something out of it and I applied it to what I was doing today. Um, so again, working with those other sport environments and stuff, it's, uh, it's definitely helped moving forward and whatnot. Yeah, and just from my own experience as well, I've looked to work in a couple of different sports a lot of times. And uh, one of the other things that I like to do is talk with people from other sports. And, um, you know, definitely I feel like a lot of times you can learn from just even those conversations with people of different sports. And the people at My Hockey Resource really thought the same way. And they created a platform where not only is it coaches, video coaches, scouts from the game of hockey, but really people who just have an interest in the game or want to offer their opinions from other sports, they come in, they connect. And a lot of times you'll have conversations about players or systems or even video software. A lot of times, um, such as Steve and some of the ones you mentioned. So for anybody looking to maybe have that same experience and learn in that capacity, be sure to check out my hockey resource on Twitter and Instagram. Andrew, one of the things they talk about on that platform a lot outside of just the general conversations is um, resources. And maybe that can be books articles, uh, websites, different things that they look to learn from. For you personally, what are some of the things that you like to look to for reference and maybe new ideas in the game and outside of the game? Um, what I like, what I've done in the past or what I you know, continue to like to do is, uh, you know, specifically books. Like I liked, I've, uh, I've read a few books, especially over the summer, uh, just trying to better myself and get new ideas and how I can approach certain things. So you know, I've read books, um, you know, to learn more about how to approach uh, on a coaching aspect. So, you know, I, I read uh, 11 Rings, which was uh, the book made by Phil Jackson. And he talks about his, you know, his experiences as coach of the Bulls and the Lakers and how he won those 11 championships. So that's one book that I took really uh, into into uh, consideration, into heart and what I wanted to learn from. Because, you know, coming, you know, learning from a Hall of Fame coach like Phil Jackson um, you know, what, how he approached his day to day and how he, he coached these players, he mentored them, he helped them, how he implemented new ideas is something that I want to learn too, is how I can do that for, for in my position. And, you know, people think that, oh, well, what it's basketball, what would you learn? Well, it, it's not really the sport itself. It's what, what surrounds it. So, and what you can take away from it. So that, that's something that I, I, I enjoyed reading and enjoyed, you know, looking at it for references and how to better myself is that. Um, I recently read um, another book, and this was a hockey one. It was uh, Burke Berkey's Law uh, by Brian Burke. That was another book that I really, really enjoyed, and I got to learn, you know, basically, you know, what's it like being a general manager, and what's it like on the experience side, and uh, and how to deal with it, and how is how is it being an assistant GM, and how to how to approach and how to construct a roster and construct a championship team, and uh, how to evaluate and scout players and how they've done it in the past at the NHL level. So. That's another book that I I, I, uh, I really took into um, as a challenge in reading and learning from um, 
as uh, as someone that wanted to you know get better is was that book is you know it came into high demand and high regard so that's something I learned from too as finding tools and stuff um, but if if it's not books you know I always like to um, honestly just listen to a lot of interviews from NHL executives so whether it's coaches that are speaking after a game or you know after a practice or if it's general managers talking about um, you know, the trade deadline or specific player interactions or transactions, stuff like that. So I like to listen to a lot of those things, and just kind of get the perspective of how they're approaching certain situations and how they're dealing with things and, you know, things that come up. So, you know, I'm always listening, you know, I, I, some these things I like to listen to because, you know, growing up, I was a big Leafs fan. So, you know, I, I pride myself on watching the Leafs. So, I may lose, you may lose a few viewers if I, if I said that, but, um, you know, a guy that I've, I've seen and I've, I've looked up to in a sense because of what he's accomplished at su such a young age is Kyle Dubas, uh, the GM for the Leafs. So, you know, you know, I, I do enjoy listening to him speak about his, how he approaches the game and how he approaches being a GM and how he's done it in the past and how he, how he, he handles working for a team like the Leafs. So those are, you know, things that I, I enjoy listening to is, you know, press conferences from GMs or, you know, scouting staff or I'm, I'm on YouTube and I'm like, you know, they, those, and those NHL teams will have like a, an inside 24 seven video of the, the video coaching staff from the LA Kings. So I, I'll sit down and watch a 10, 15 minute video of how the LA Kings video coaches prep and how they, they, they deal on at an NHL level. So those are a little things like that, that I, I watch or I read that can, you know, maybe I can get some tips or references um, from uh, moving forward in my career. So I try to find as many things as I can, whether it's uh, books or, or videos or um, online uh, articles and, you know, just educate myself as much as I can and read and watch videos. And those are things that, you know, whenever they do come up, I take a lot of advantage in, in using to, to better myself and, and get new ideas and new uh, ways to be better. Yeah, those there's so many resources out there. And uh, it's funny, like, obviously, the books, we hear a lot of the same ones. Uh, 11 Rings is, is one that a lot of people like to talk about. And even some of those behind the scenes videos, the LA Kings with Sansom Lee and, and their staff there. Uh, I know I've I've watched that more times than I can count. You know, every now and then you see the setup in the office, maybe you catch something a little bit different and new ideas. And, uh, you know, there's so many ways that you can learn again in the game but a lot of times as it's been the case with you been the case with me and a lot of our other guests it comes down to the connections and people that you meet we spoke a lot about some of the mentors in your uh, time with ottawa so maybe this time around you can talk about them again if you wish but talk about some of the mentors who maybe outside of ottawa have helped you get to where you are today yeah no definitely um like i said the, the guys in ottawa have been mentors for me you know like you said, being with Ottawa, but, you know, before being with Ottawa or, you know, things that are outside of the hockey world, you know, you know, like, you know, my, my family for sure, like they're big mentors for me, you know, they're there to support me and, and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I've, I think another mentor for me would be um, uh, a guy that I've been coaching with uh, and he's, that he's the, he brought me on as a coach and he's a minor hockey coach in Ottawa and he's, He's coached at all the levels at all ages, and he's been a minor hockey coach for years. And you know, his, his name's uh, Bino Cesario, and he's a well-known minor hockey coach. So, 
he's a mentor for me because you know how how he's done it how he's approached coaching and how he's approached being a coach for so long and how he's dealt with different levels different ages um, he's someone that i've looked up to especially when i was uh, coming into into working in hockey he's somebody that i followed closely i took every opportunity to learn from him i sat down with him uh, talked hours and hours and hours of hockey watched hours and hours of hockey with him just to learn from him and you know really grasp of what he's he's done over the years because you know he's he's coached so many players in Ottawa he's developed so many players and uh, so he was definitely a mentor for me growing up uh, you know in my my early stages of working in hockey so um, to me he was definitely big on on my uh, on my path today and where I am now and whatnot so uh, I, I definitely have to give credit to him for that um other mentors for me um like i said just you know um guys that i've i've looked up to in in the nhl like uh whether they're they're players or whether they're executives like i always want to follow uh you know guys that you know have had good careers have had good success um and like i had mentioned him earlier like a, a guy like Kyle Dubas, like to me, he was such a mentor for me because like he was kind of like the poster boy of like working in hockey at such a young age. Like he was, you know, he became the the GM of the Super Rounds at 25 years old and he, and he became the AGM of the Leafs at 28. And now he's, a you know, he's the GM of the Leafs in his early 30s. So like he was somebody that I I met, I wanted to just focus myself. Like how do, how do I be like this guy? How do I get to that point? uh in my career at such a young age what do i need to do where do i need to go so like i was trying to follow his exact footsteps so you know i i uh, um i would look you know he went to brock so i would try to find ways how do i get to brock what did he take what kind of studies did he do how did he get into hockey like you know i really tried to model kind of like a path the same way he did because you know to me he was a huge mentor for me uh in the sense of like how to really be that next guy to work hockey ops and He's kind of the, you know, the poster boy of the, you know, working in hockey because he did it at such a young age. So um, he was definitely a mentor for me in the sense of, you know, having an example to look forward to. Um, another guy that, you know, he, it, it turned out that he ended up being a mentor for me in a non-direct way in a sense is uh, when I was in high school, I, I went, I was playing high school hockey and we went to uh, Barry for a tournament. And our coach at the time on the high school team was, I guess he had went to school in college or high school with uh, the assistant GM for the Barry Colts. And at the time it was Dave Drinkle, um, who was now the the general manager for the Saginaw Spirit. Um, so he was there and he sat the whole hockey team down. Uh, and, you know, he wanted, you know, we were there just to ask him questions and, you know, about the team and what's it like working in hockey just typical things 15 16 year old kids want to know um and stuff like that and um he told us a bit about his background how he got into it and to me like you know guys were just more focused about the players like oh like what's aaron ekblad like or what's it like mark shifley like guys like that like they just wanted to know about the game and the players but you know i would ask him like you know how did you get into it like what's it like being an assistant gm and stuff like that so he was somebody that I, you know, he was kind of like the first hockey exec that I kind of met in a sense that I really said, like, this is what I want to do one day. So, you know, he gave us his card and I was his his contact card and I was the only one to grab it. And I, I reached out to him via email. I said, hi, Dave, like, you know, this is so and so we met at this time and place. I just wanted to kind of get, you know, your your background of how you've gone to where you are. 
So he sent me a whole email like, okay, I went here, I did this, I've done this, this is how I did that. So he kind of gave me kind of like a path of like, you know, what I should do. Like, you know, he said he went to Laurentian for sports management, then he did coaching and then he did this and then that. So he kind of laid out a, a path of like, hey, this is how, how I got to do it. And he also mentioned Kyle Dubas because, you know, they were acquainted in the OHL that this is what Kyle did. So I used Dave and Kyle as kind of like a kind of, like I said, mentors. So, okay, this is the career path I want to do. This is what I want to do is I want to be a GM one day or I want to be an assistant GM one day. Like, how do I get to that point? And I use those two guys of, that have had success in, in the hockey world um, and and using their career path as kind of a modeling. So that's how I went into business because they both had business backgrounds and they both had sports management backgrounds. So I took sports management and then they all started somewhere working in hockey. Like, you know, Kyle started as, four, uh, you know, at 14 with uh, being a stick boy and Dave started, you know, slowly with uh, Barry Colt as well. And then he can, and they all move and they all moved up. So, um, that's kind of how I wanted to do that too, is just find a way to get into hockey, volunteer my time, um, find ways to add to the resume, pad the resume up, grind my way to it, through it, and eventually continue to move up. So those, I would say those are three individuals that I've definitely have, I've seen as mentors and they've helped me and you know, whether it's in a direct or indirect way and in, in who I am today and that I've used as motivation to get where I'm at and, you know, I still use them as motivation. Uh, you know, because again, I've seen where they they're at now. Like I said, they both moved into general manager positions, one at the NHL level and one at the OHL level. So, you know, if they've shown and proven that if you continue to work at it, you grind your way, you you work countless hours, you sacrifice, and and you show that you're determined that you know good things will come um, if you if you keep at it. So those were uh, definitely guys that I've looked up to, and you know, it, it was kind of nice because when I was uh, scouting uh, last year in Toronto. Uh, I went to uh, to watch the Marlies tournament because uh, we we got sent down to do some some crossover scouting, and I ended up uh, seeing Dave there. And you know we we're just in the, in the lobby, and I, I went up to him. I said, "Hi, Dave. Like, I don't know if you remember me, but I'm Andrew Boucher. Like, we met years ago through your 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 friend that was our our, our head coach um, at at our high school. And you know, we you and I exchanged emails, blah blah blah, back and forth, and." You were the assistant GM at Barron. He remembered me. He remembered who I was. And, you know, he's like, wow, he's like, it's really great to see that you've, you've, you've taken on that challenge. And here you are, you're working with the 67s as a video, con- video coach and scout. You're working with Andre, you're working with James Yon. So it was, it was good to see that he recognized me and he remembered me and to see that I, I took his advice and what he gave me and I, I really made the most of it. Yeah. The, the mentorship capacity in hockey is amazing. And, uh, as you touched on there, even people who you don't know directly are, are able to just the way they present themselves and the information sharing that we're seeing at a lot of levels, you can kind of piece together the almost the questions that you want to ask them somewhere along the way. You can just see what they've done and, and look at their resume and talk with people who have interacted with them in the past and so many different ways to learn there. But it's definitely great when people are willing to take a minute to answer an email or jump on a call or or just offer some some advice in that capacity. So now being in the OHL and and having a, a career here with the 67s and, and looking to make your way uh, through the hockey industry for someone who's maybe on the other end of it, just starting and looking for a way to kind of get their foot in the door. What's one piece of advice that you would give them in hopes that they would be successful in hockey operations? Um, one piece of advice, and this is the same kind of advice, sorry, that I've, I've received, you know, when I was going through that stage and I'm still going through it, I'm still trying to find my way and trying to move up is 
you know, is, is grind. And when I, when I say the word grind is, you know, put in those extra efforts, put in those extra hours, put in that extra, extra, just whatever it is to ensure that you're noticed and that you're working your butt off. Because um, if you're just there to pass by the day and just go through the motions and just kind of have a good time, like you're not going to get into that position of working in sports. You need to stand out. You need to show that you're willing to put in the hours of sacrifice to work. Um, because that's what it takes to, to stay in, in this industry is like, it takes sacrifice. It takes a lot of hours. It takes time out of your day. It takes time away from family and friends and what anything else you'd want to do with your day. You really got to show that you're committed, that you're willing to work, that you, this, you want to make this your life. You want to make this your, your day to day, your passion. Um, so that, that's definitely something I would, I would say to somebody that's trying to get into hockey is, you know, show that you're willing to work, like literally take any opportunity that's given what it, whether it's paid or not, if it's like, you know, volunteer work, if it's literally just one hour, you know, going on the ice and just coaching two-year-old kids how to skate, take the opportunity because it's something you can add to the resume. It's something that shows that you're willing to work for nothing for free um, and that you're, you, that you're doing it for the love of the game. Um, so those are, those are big things that I would suggest to someone is, you know, take every opportunity that's given. Um, don't take anything for granted and, and grind your way. And when those days get tough and you're questioning, is this even worth it? Uh, like, you know, don't, don't second guess and, you know, just keep pushing because, you know, it, it will get better and you will get rewarded for the, for those hard, for that hard work because uh, eventually someone will notice you and someone will take a chance on you. And, you know, if, if everything, if the stars align and, every, and the timing works out, you'll, you'll get that break and you'll get that opportunity. Um, so if you're someone that really wants to get into hockey, just show that you're willing to work, show that you're dedicated, show that you're passionate for the game and show that you're, pa you're passionate to, to be, to make this your life and, and good things will come. And that's the approach I took is, you know, when I was going through my internship with the 67s, like there was no guarantee that they would bring me back. Like I was never told like, you know, yeah, if you do a good job, we, we might hire you or we might not. Like there was no... There was no hinting at that. I had no clue what what it came out of. I could have walked. I could have finished my internship and at that exit meeting, they said, "Okay, you did a great job, but we have nothing for you. Goodbye." But I didn't take it as that way. I I made sure that every time I was with the team and when I was given a task, I would do it 110 percent, and I would make sure that every opportunity I was given, I was I was taking advantage of it. So they had no other reason but to hire me. They were forced to hire me. And that's the kind of the mindset you want to have is like force them to hire you, force them to take you um, because that's, that's what you want is that they have no other choice but to take you because of the amount of work you've done and how well you've done. So those are, those are a few things I for sure would, would, you know, suggest to somebody that wants to work in hockey and wants to grow and, or work in sports in general. It's not just hockey, it's any kind of sports. So those are for sure th uh, a few things that I would, I would definitely recommend. Yeah, really, really great advice. And at the end of the day, it just comes down to hard work. And sometimes you got to bury your head and, and and take the the long hours and you might not get the credit right away. But, you know, at the end of the day, eventually uh, you get in a position where you're happy and you kind of think to yourself, you know, you're working in hockey for a career and, uh, you know, there's no place you'd rather be. So, Andrew, again, I just want to thank you today for joining me on the podcast and uh joining me in a, a conversation here and talking about Ottawa and a lot of the different experiences that you've had. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people have learned a lot from the conversation and I wish you all the best moving forward. Yeah. Thank you very much, Ryan. Again, it was greatly appreciated for you to have me on. Uh, it was a great time and I appreciate you letting me tell my side of the, you know, my background, my story and working with Ottawa. So 
I hope uh, whoever listens to this will enjoy it as well. Um, and, you know, I got, like I said, uh, again, thank you very much and all the best to you moving forward as well. All right. I really appreciate that as well. Take care. Nice. Bye. Support for the Hockey Minds podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Big news, Manscaped just launched in Canada, and for those listeners in Canada, and I know there's a lot of you, you can be one of the first Canadians to experience their life-changing products. Everybody has had that experience where the trimming has not gone right, and we want to change that. So get with Manscaped, who has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, and when I tell you this is premium, this is premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave, and the waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. Throw in one of the coolest features, which is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming experience. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with quad stroke technology, and let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud, because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB, and if you are listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HockeyMinds at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com using the code HockeyMinds. It's time to shave those balls, eh? I'd like to again thank Andrew for joining me on the podcast and talking about his career in the game and the number of roles that he has had the privilege of holding. Another thing that he highlighted was the importance of mentorship and it seems that he has been placed in a great situation with the Ottawa 67s and we wish him nothing but the best moving forward. If you would like to get in touch with Andrew to learn about his experiences, I encourage you to reach out to him directly or you can contact Podcast at Outlook.com and I can help make that connection for you. Next on the podcast, I'll be joined by Jason Barron, goalie development coach with the Erie Otters and goalie coach with Ridley College. It has been a while since a goalie-specific interview has been released to listeners, so be sure to sink your teeth into this episode on Sunday. Thanks again to everyone for listening to the podcast and for subscribing on all platforms. Our increased downloads as of late have allowed us to create even more content and offer more to our listeners, and we hope to grow and continue to grow in this capacity moving forward. As always, stay safe and all the best.